0: Thanks for taking the time. I'm Stacey Nonamaker, and this is A Supporter's Toolbox. A long time ago, in a land far, far away, I used to work in group homes. And I remember even then, I was always so curious about how somebody being supported by one person could engage with that person in one way and turn around and engage with another staff, another supporter, in another way. And I remember bringing this up to my advisor. I was a grad student at the time. And her and I got into some really philosophical, deep conversations about the importance of relationships. And it was then that her and I decided we wanted to dig a little deeper. And we wanted to talk to other people who were seeing this in their agencies, who were seeing this where some supporters had, had some, some sort of magic And we wanted to know what that magic was. So what we did is we went all over Pennsylvania talking to supporters who were identified as having a good relationship with the person that they supported. Even though the person that they supported was seen as challenging by other people, even other people on their team. And in all of those conversations, and all of those interviews, after many, many hours in the car with my advisor driving across the big state of Pennsylvania, it's one thing that really shined through. What supporters were saying was that the reason that they stuck with this person that they supported was because they could relate to them. Whether it was Having a difficult childhood or being bullied or being misunderstood themselves, we heard story after story as we interviewed these supporters of how they could relate, connect with that person, how they could empathize with what they had been through. And it was critical to getting through some tough times with that person. Jamil Zaki a professor of psychology at Stanford University and the director of the Stanford Social Neuroscience Lab says that empathy isn't just one thing. He describes it as being comprised of the multiple ways that we respond to each other, including vicariously catching others' feelings, thinking about others' experiences, and just wanting them to feel better. Jamil also notes that when we empathize with someone else, we don't lose something ourselves like some believe. In fact, research suggests helping others decreases people's stress, leaves them happier, and even makes them feel like they have more time for themselves. We know that people who suffer traumas often end up more caring than they were before as though their pain and experience have opened up a channel for understanding others. Maybe this is an explanation as to why those folks my colleague and I talked to stood by the folks they supported, no matter how tough the going got. So what does this mean for you as supporters? Well, we know that a relationship can have positive effects on people. That's a no-brainer. I read an article where they looked at relationships between medical practitioners and patients. They found that a caring practitioner who takes more time to bond with patients positively directly impacts the patient's health and outcomes. They said in the article that it benefits patients to have a doctor who spends more time with them listens carefully, and empathizes, especially when trying to help them deal with something that's vague or hard to diagnose, such as pain, instead of just telling them that there's no diagnosis or effective treatment or they don't know what to do. The same is true in therapeutic relationships. Patients who interact with a warm and genuine therapist have a better chance of experiencing clinical improvement regardless of the therapist's methods. So when supporters at all levels express empathy, people flourish. That's what I got out of the article. But that same care can also be an occupational hazard. When supporters care too much, they're at elevated risk for burnout, depression, and even potentially trauma from over-empathizing with others' suffering. So, As supporters, we need to find that balance for ourselves. Dr. Zaki tells us that empathy is a skill, that it can be cultivated over time and with the right practices, anyone, anyone, even the most close-minded people, can come to care about other people in really healthy ways. Let's talk about some ways you can be more empathetic and positively impact the person you support. You can start by doubting your interpretation. To improve empathic skills, you can force a change in your interpretation or immediate response by asking the question, in what other ways can I interpret this? Begin by interpreting the smallest details differently. For example, you can put aside your gut reaction to take the comment that you're an idiot personally and ask yourself, what kind of day is he or she having to have said something like that to me? You could also avoid polarizing, meaning do not bombard others with opposite points of views when supporting them to do something like making a decision. When you do that, it often causes someone to feel dismissed which immediately threatens their self-concept and it makes them question their own experience, their own experiential knowledge, which has shaped them. Polarizing or bombarding someone with opposite point of view often puts people on the defense and shuts down those points of view. While offering alternative points of view is important, it's part of your job to support someone in making an informed choice or decision. Be careful how you do that and acknowledge and try to think from their opposite point of view as well. Being careful in your approach to offering additional points of views helps others to be more open and accepting. Empathic conversations are also important. These conversations set the stage for accepting others' thoughts, acknowledging and validating other people. Attempting to understand another point of view. Building the confidence that a person is listening and not just hearing. To get better at empathic conversations, you can use typical statements like, I understand what you're saying or feeling. Rephrasing and acknowledging you are listening is good too. In a conversation, this is where rephrasing what the speaker said is helpful. Doing this can help you become a better listener, acknowledge the speaker, and improve empathy. Using words and integrating them into empathic thought. Jamie Smith, who speaks and writes about her experience as a person with a physical disability, says that the error with empathy is that people were trying to put themselves in her situation, looking at her life as they perceived it, not how she viewed her life or circumstances. Jamie encourages all of us to be more aware of the messages we are communicating, especially when dealing with someone different from ourselves, and these empathic conversations can help shape that. Again, empathy is a skill we can build. Dr. Zaki conducted some studies with Dr. Carol Dweck, finding that merely believing empathy is a skill that can be developed actually inspired people to try harder at it. For instance, people who were introduced to Dweck's infamous notion of having a growth mindset around empathy as compared to a fixed mindset spent more time listening to someone and trying to understand their opinions. So at the very least, let's start by thinking of empathy as a skill we can develop. And then when you got that thinking part down, then start practicing some of those strategies to build that skill and watch it have a positive impact on the people you support and on your willingness to roll up your sleeves and even hang in there when the going gets tough. Again, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Hoping you took one thing away that can make today a better day for the person you support. Bye now.